listening to Peachtree Corners Live, live with Rico and Rita. The weekly internet radio show keeping you current on the interests of the people, places, and politics in the city of Peachtree Corners. Be inspired, stay current, and be informed. Visit our website, peachtreecornerslive.com, for ways to listen to our broadcast live every week or download our podcast from iTunes. Hey, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. And I hope you're having a good vacation, if you're on vacation this week, especially with the kids being home. And I hope that uh, you had a great Christmas uh, holiday. New Year's is coming up. We're heading into 2018. So I hope you have a prosperous New Year coming up as well. With all these changes going on in both in the nation with the uh, tax laws, uh, planning for 2018, financing for 2017, with all the things going on in the city, um, it's just uh, it's, keeping up is a bit hard, difficult, especially during the holidays. But I appreciate my listeners that uh, chose to uh, zero in and listen to my uh, last podcast uh, with regard to the uh, land purchase, the city charter, and Robert's properties. That was my uh, interview with, at the very last minute, actually scheduled with uh, Brian Johnson, the city manager of Peachtree Corners. So I appreciate you listening on, on that show. Quite a few did download and, and listened. Uh, we discussed uh, the land purchase that happened. And uh, out of, quite frankly, out of the blue, really, in, in my sense, that public, the public actually out of the blue for them. Uh, but obviously the city council had discussed, discussed that purchase ahead of time uh, before anything happened and before it was uh, brought up at a public city council meeting uh, this past month. Uh, also, the city charter changes, the resolution that would change some of the city charter uh, provisions that will occur probably uh, this coming month, and then reinstated through city ordinance by the city council to reaffirm that they still want to uh, continue only providing those services that uh, they presently provide and nothing more. So that will be reinstated, uh, along with the uh, millage cap of uh, 1%, which is what it was before, uh, although there's a zero millage rate right now being charged, uh, but the cap is at 1%. Would it, and if necessary, that it could be brought to that point by city council vote and public hearing? And also this, the Roberts properties uh, that um, we discussed, as well as a few other things, including the pedestrian bridge coming up again in January. Uh, Brian Johnson, city managers being tasked with putting together the information that was culled over the past year uh, or more uh, of, of renderings and such, and even renderings that aren't public renderings yet that will be presented at the January meeting that were uh, made later on, I believe. And uh, so there's that discussion going on. It's, uh, it's an interesting time. So, and I know there's been a lot of talk on apps like Nextdoor, uh, on our Facebook page at Peachtree Corners Life, and uh, I've been seeing all sorts of emails and, and, and such. So tonight, though, is uh, without a guest, but I will be discussing a few things, including an enlightening, enlightening discussion uh, that I had with Charlie Roberts, uh, of Robert's properties this afternoon and um, and along with some other uh, news and information. So it won't be a long podcast as mine tend to be about 50 to 60 minutes when I have interviews, uh, but I will uh, have good information, I think, 
and certainly opinions that I will share with you on some of these things. Uh, but before we get into that, let me just go through some of the um, some of the uh, information that you probably should be aware of coming up uh, in here in City of Peace Tree Corners, which is. Christmas is over, or at least, you know, the trees will be coming down at some point. So don't just sit them aside on the sidewalk or by the road. Uh, let's recycle them. And there's several ways that they can be recycled. Thank you to the City of Peachtree Corners for providing information on that. Uh, so one of the ways is to recycle your live tree for free at the Peachtree Corners Fire Station, number four. And that's located at 5550 Spalding Drive. You can drop off 24 hours a day. You can call them for information at the station, which is 678-518-4800. There's also two other things you can do. You can, uh, if you are paying for additional yard waste pickup service with Waste Pro, then you can leave your tree at the curb Tuesday morning, January 2nd, or the following Monday, January 8th, and will be picked up with no charge. Uh, the other way to do it, if you are not paying for Waste Pro's yard waste service, the company will pick it up for you for an additional $24 if you schedule a pickup with them. So you can call them at 770-777-1447. The other way you could do this, by the way, is that uh, I believe the local Boy Scouts will be doing uh, a pickup in the next week or so, over the next couple of weeks. And there's obviously other ways to do this. Um, if you uh, check online for nonprofits and churches that are collecting for donations. In fact, one of the uh, um, organizations, uh, Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful, will, in partnership with the county, will be collecting. Uh, it's called Bring One for the Chipper. It's a, an event that's being held uh, between uh, a drop-off between J December 26th and January 15th at certain designated, designated locations in Gwinnett County, as well as county parks um, so you can check that out at gwinnettcb.org that's one the other thing is like to do a shout out to noble finn a local restaurant uh, they're offering two one thousand dollar scholarships through the ptsa at norcross high school um, they're participating uh, with the PTSA scholarship program, the Norcross High School program. So if you know of a child who would like to apply for the PTSA Noble Finn scholarship, you can contact, um, you can actually join the PTSA December 31st, by December 31st, that's the next day or two, <laughs> uh, and they're offering two $1,000 scholarships. You can find more information at the PTSA um, page, Norcross High School page. Google that. You'll find that. I'll have it in my show notes as well. Uh, recently, I also did a Facebook Live, which was kind of neat with, um, as I'm beginning more and more to do, and this one was at the Maria Queen Men's Club, and it was December 18th, where I taped, uh, had Facebook Live to talk by David Clinch, uh, owner or original owner of Storyful. Um, the company that dealt, deals with social media news as uh, to news organizations. They're a curator of social news. And it was an interesting, um, an interesting talk. Uh, you can listen to it uh, from my Facebook uh, live page for Peachtree Corners Life, or you can listen to it from the uh, website peachtreecornerslife.com. 
that's that's it pretty much uh, for those little tidbits. Uh, okay, a couple more things maybe. There's uh, an update as of December 15th on the city website for new retail restaurants and retail stores that are going to be at the town center, some of which you probably already know already. Uh, I'll just run through this real quick. Chronic Tacos. That's a Southern California-inspired Mexican fare. Duck donuts, made-to-order donuts and more. Farm burger, feed-fried chicken, Firebird's wild-fired grill, which is a wood-fired steak in the seafood house. First Watch, it's a daytime cafe for breakfast, brunch, and lunch. Cremo, if I'm pronouncing it right, or Cremo ice cream. It's gourmet ice cream rolls. Marlowe's Tavern, looking forward to that. Relevator Coffee, which is a modern cafe with specialty coffees. Salata Salad Bar, tossed order salads and wraps. Uh, Steel City Pops, an all-natural and organic pops. Thai Express, Vintage Pizzeria, and Willie's Mexican Grill. There's also some four retail uh, stores that will be opening Includes Hollywood Feed, which is specialty pet food and supplies. My Salon, suites of healthy and beauty professionals, uh, beauty products. Uh, Sage Dental, comprehensive dental care. And Tipsy Salad uh, Salon Bar. Sorry, It's a wellness salon with natural and organic products. So, a lot of good things come in there. Some things that are, you know, interesting, but I don't know. It's it's not uh, so some of it's unique some of it's not some of it you know it's been around Willie's Mexican Grill um, most of this I believe is chain type of uh, not chef driven uh, restaurants like the uh, Noble Finn is uh, but interesting can't wait to see what goes on at Town Center with these locations other than that let's dive into if, to what we have. Uh, with regard to the town center and the uh, apartment rezoning everyone knows as Roberts Properties. So I want to be able to uh, talk just a bit about that. Um, my conversation this afternoon was, uh, was a conversation dealing with some of the aspects of the rezoning, the conditions and such with uh, Mr. Roberts. Um, and uh, it was a bit enlightening to some degree. Uh, certainly there's things that we agree on and things that we don't agree on. Um, but I thought that I should share this with you and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with the um, with the town center and that development. So, as people may know, the uh, center has been um, has been uh, the rezoning was uh, actually postponed to January, and um, what's happening now is that. Hold on, hold on! Late breaking news. I'm going to restart this part of the uh, discussion, I think. No, just kidding. Um, we are live, so I'm just checking out to make sure that everything's working out right right now. Otherwise, I'll reload this on Peachtree Corner's live podcast if it's not flowing the right way. But we are recording. And uh, so let me just get into it a little bit. We are um, going to see the rezoning come back in January. Uh, obviously, I don't know if um, it's going to have a uh, a full airing presentation again. Uh, but there have there have been new um, new conditions that were brought about on uh, this past one, so that's why they had to postpone this uh, for um, the coming January. And so let's get into that a little bit because some of those conditions. Uh, 
I had uh, a discussion with Mr. Roberts about. So let's talk, let's dive right into it because a couple of them I'm not uh, too sure I'm, um, I don't have a problem with myself as far as being removed, okay? Some of it um, probably should stay and also, quite frankly, I believe there should be other conditions placed on this property. There will be apartments there. So yes, trust me, there will be apartments. That's I, I don't believe this will be um, voted down for a lot of different reasons. And for the history of the property, for the fact that, um, quite frankly, uh, we cannot and, and shouldn't be um, promoting no apartments in the city of Peachtree Corners, but we should do it in a responsible way dealing with multi-use and um, this talk about millennial apartments and such, Echo Lakes was supposed to be that. And uh, quite frankly, I don't find anything special in that, uh, in that development. But I do find an opportunity for the town center's development of mid-rise apartments to be a special development, a baseline. As I've said before in other podcasts and I've said at a land use meeting at the, at the city council, that if there are going to be apartment mid-rise there, that it needs to be a baseline, a benchmark for further development in the city of Peachtree Corners, not for millennials, but for people that want to live in this community and we want to give them a great experience in a multifamily development. And whatever goes here, this these conditions should be conditions that I ride with other developments that are multi-use in the city of Peachtree Corners. This should be the minimum that gets rezoned and conditioned further down the line. The Roberts property should not be the only property in the city of Peachtree Corners that has these min- that have these conditions. At minimum, these should be conditions placed on other developments within the city of Peachtree Corners. So. Uh, one of those things is that, um, I guess one of the conditions was that the um, pedestrian trail would be uh, paid for and maintained into perpetuity, even though it's city-owned, by the developer. Now, quite frankly, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that the developer needs to maintain a city-owned trail. Now, providing it, Building it, but not maintaining it. That should be the venue and the responsibility of the city of Peachtree Corners, not necessarily the developer or any developer to be maintaining uh, what what would be quote donated land possibly to and that city owned. Then the city should be responsible for that into perpetuity. So that's one of the things I, one of those conditions that were that's being challenged, and I I agree with that logically. That makes sense to me. And we've, uh, I, don't, I don't see uh, why private institutions should be forced to take care of city-owned or county-owned land. That does not make sense to me. And now, to provide it as part of the development, as far as a trade-off for density, as part of that, I can see that cost, the initial cost being there, but I don't see that going on into the long-distance future of, uh, of uh, development and carry it on into whoever owns it after that as well. So one other uh, condition uh, that's being challenged as well is the condo law condition, if you will, that the building, the mid-rise, should be built to meet condo laws of the state of Georgia. Now, I haven't read the condition word for word, 
um, because it came out last minute at the last meeting, and I'm looking for a copy of that. But to build to build apartments to condo uh, law conditions is one thing, but to build it under to meet condo laws of the state of Georgia is something else because there's a whole complication whole complicated area of how to do that and how then the apartment would be maintained under a condo law uh, or a set of laws from the state of Georgia. Now, quite frankly, if there if the wording was adjusted to say to be built to the standards of Georgia condos under the condo law, that might be different. And that I, I don't find an issue. Um I don't. I certainly don't find an issue. I don't. I'm not quite sure if Charlie Roberts continues to find an issue that way. But I believe that if you uh, build it, um, if you word it so then it's built to certain conditions, so then later on down the line, seven, eight years down the line, if an investor came along and bought the property, that they can convert it to condos, then that'd be different then. It'll already be built that way with individual wiring uh, per units and such. Then I can see the wording being a certain way. So they're going to be challenging that. Um, and I, again, I find that to build to those standards is one thing, but to be under those laws is something else. Uh, so building to the standards, good. Under the law of condos, not good. It's an apartment complex. So that's a different story. Uh, the third item is how to build the hotel, the boutique hotel structure, coinciding with the apartment complex. Now, I have respect for a lot of developers. I have, I have respect for Charlie Roberts. He's been in the business for over 40 years. It's good to have professional respect, but I also have a bit of skepticism, and you should always be that way in everything you do. Um was it Reagan said, uh, trust but verify. You want to make sure developers follow through on certain things. This is why conditions are placed. This is also why a city council or planning commission will request any changes to landscape, to elevation plans, to floor plans, to anything can be conditioned to be brought back so then the city council or planning commission can look at it and pass approval on it. That is a way of keeping a check and balance during a development process. That's not tying a developer's hands. That's just so that everyone's on the same page and we all know what we're doing and so that there's no um, he, uh, he said, she said, it's voted up and down. It's a public meeting. Other people see it as well. And this way you, uh, you're you all developing it in, in the spirit of the way the conditions were, uh, were set. So one of the conditions is the hotel first condition, if you will, meaning that uh, one of the conditions says that uh, f- that the um, approval of uh, a further development would be that the foundation for the hotel should be f- poured as well at the same time that the foundation for the apartments would be built. Well, I guess the logic makes sense that first you build the deck before you before you pour any foundation. You've got to build the parking deck first because that all sits under um the apartment complex. And there is some, there's economy to scale. Charlie Roberts had said it. You know, you got to, I can't build an apartment without the boutique hotels. Well, then you need to build both of them at the same time. 
That makes sense. He said it himself. So this, the planning department is just trying to f- to force that to make sure that happens by making sure the foundation is poured for the hotel. Now, how long does it take to build apartments? Probably, according to uh, Mr. Roberts, 16 to 18 months to build the apartments. Uh, his thought is you build the, the deck first. That's going to lie under both the hotel and the um, in the apartments. Then you start them at the same time. And his thought, which, you know, logically, again, is that he cannot do anything with the apartments. He cannot get a CO, Certificate of Occupancy, to be able to rent the first apartment until he gets a CO for the boutique hotel. Once that boutique hotel is a CO, then he'll be able to get the apartments. And unless I misunderstood that, I, mean, I would prefer it that way, that the hotel gets the CO first, then you can release the CO for the apartments. Makes sense to me. Doesn't force the construction a certain way because we're not builders, right? Let the builder build, but hold their feet to the fire and the CO is one great tool. Now, can that be changed down the line? Can anyone uh, come back and apply for an exemption and say, you know, we made a mistake. I'd like that invalidated so I could get my CO now and we'll move in. You know, we'll get the other part going as soon as possible. Sure, that can happen on any of these conditions, by the way. This is why the city council needs to be held their feet to the fire to make sure they do this properly. Along the way, over the last five years, as good intentions are, the city council and the mayor have made mistakes along the way. One of them, and I'll get to that, is the purchase of that land for $6.9 million. should have been purchased two or three years ago when it was worth probably half that value. But neither here nor there at this point. But what I'm saying here is that these conditions ride with the property and should not be touched or changed later down the line. So the CO... Not a bad idea. You don't get that certificate of occupancy until the boutique hotel gets it. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So you're not forcing the builder to build a certain way. They're building it the way they need to because we're not builders. Things change over conditions and such. So just don't hold, just don't release a certificate of occupancy until it's all completed. That makes sense to me. Um there's been talk about botanical gardens also. Quite frankly, I've looked at that, that land again, both from Google and from uh, up close. I don't know what looks like what looks like a botanical garden to me may not look that way to other people. I just don't see a botanical garden uh, there. I see a nature walkway, a pathway, a trail, but I don't see a botanical garden. Um, I just don't don't see it. There's not enough land to really do the right job there. And I think that's a, a phrase that's just overly used the same way millennial development is overly used at this point, because this mid-rise is really not a millennial structure. This is for anyone that that's targeted, that meets the need, that this meets the needs of a 30 to 45-year-old, older adults, retired, active, active seniors, and yes, some millennials. But the fact is, that quote, the millennial market, millennial is a marketing term that was made up at some point by marketing companies, right, to define a uh, group of people. Millennials are not going to be moving into Peachtree Corners the way in droves to fill up a 169 apartment complex. It just won't happen. 
just not there. But what is there is the ability for uh, 30 to 45-year-olds, divorced couples, senior, active seniors to be able to move in there that want to stay in Peachtree Corners, but want to downsize out of a out of a, uh, a home into a, an apartment that they can live right off the town green. And why not? I'd like to do that um, rather than going into the city when I downsize. Um, although I'd rather buy a condo. So quite frankly, at some point, I think that building should be condoized. But that's just me. Um, botanical gardens, I just don't, I just don't get it. And that's also one of the things that is being challenged by the Roberts properties, but, um, donating more money to that. They've already donated probably 50 grand to the Veterans Memorial, if I remember correctly, and a hundred thousand to the trail system. So I don't know, donating more money to something that doesn't quite make sense to me. I, I don't know what, what that is. I'd rather that money maybe go to, towards other improvements, uh, that could be uh, made there. But in any case, those are the challenged conditions as I know them. There may be some others, um, and there's my opinion on that. So let's go back to the what's called the Chile, the Bob Chile property, because Bob Chile was the last owner of the property. And that's the property that was purchased for close to $7 million that abuts the, uh, the Charlie Roberts property that was 5-point-something acres, that um, that that group, that investment group, that LLC, Bacilli, or his investment group, if he has investors, that they filed for, or they were going to file for rezoning for apartments. With the Charlie Roberts property looking like 95% that it's going to be approved, then that would have been another probably 225 apartments wanting to come in. And by right, because they abut a similar a similar zoning, they would have the right to be able to ask for that rezoning. And quite frankly, because the plan for that area calls for multi-use, they certainly have the ability to push forward on that or file a lawsuit. Now, you you know, I'm all for lawsuits. You can file a lawsuit. I'll we'll challenge that. City should challenge any lawsuits and not just negotiate things. But some things are just foolish and foolhardy. So it made sense to buy that property. Now, did it make sense to buy it now at close to $7 million or two or three years ago when it would have been probably half that price or more? Now, two or three years ago, maybe uh, one part of that property, I think about three acres, might not have been owned there were separate owners in that. Of course, now we're buying it from one owner who accumulated the property over time, right? Part of it was actually a piece of probably about an acre plus a small strip that Charlie Roberts himself sold to Bob Chile. And then um, Bob Chile had bought uh, what's called the Wu property uh, because another investor had bought some of that property and he sold. So... There's land that's been purchased wholly by from one organization that was accumulated over the last three to four years, five years, that could have been bought two, three years ago at way less money, granted uh, from diverse people, and granted it could have been done in an eminent domain type of way. Now, I know Republicans, myself included, tend to shy away from that, but in some instances, eminent domain would have made sense for the public good. So that would have been paying 
market rate for land that was being accumulated for investment purposes anyway for public good. And that could expand. And now that we own it, now that I say we own it, the city owns it, right? We're all part of the city. Now that we own it, that should help expand the town center a bit and possibly do some other things. But I guess the dust is going to have to settle, as as Brian Johnson says, uh, before it moves forward to any other uh, development activity, which the city could choose what to do later as they go down the line. And part of the things, part, part of what I'd like to see uh, and who am I, really? I'm just a podcast, a citizen of this of this city. Um, what would I want to see there? I don't know. I'd like to see an expansion of the town center because, quite frankly, I think two acres is small. I think that's too small. Um, I'd like to see an art center built there now, with private public or private monies uh, being used. I think that would be a great place for that. And it probably made sense to do that there all along. And now, quite frankly, now that it was bought for $7 million, I could also see the city going back and getting a mortgage on that land to actually build the art center on that land. That would make sense to me, right? Borrow the borrow against what you just paid to build that, uh, to build that center. But great place to do it. I think it's perfect. But the city can also turn around and, and sell it to a private investor, get that money back for the city. But what would they want to put there? Any other private investor would probably want to do the same thing, multi-use. There's too much retail in this area, in that particular area as it stands right now, that it probably makes more sense to use it for public good, which would be an art center. Now, I know some people that may be listening to this at some point may be thinking, that's crazy. The city's going to be doing something else it shouldn't be doing. It wouldn't be the city. It would actually be the arts council that would be doing this. All right. So apples, oranges, little this, little that. Where does it all come from anyway? Listen. It's not city money that would be spent on it. It ultimately would probably be private money spent on it. Now, it was city money spent to buy it, though? Um, and again, this could have been bought two, three years ago. In hindsight, I guess, you would think that there were mistakes made. You could see the mistakes being made because it wasn't purchased a couple of years ago. I, I, I don't like the word hindsight in hindsight because, quite frankly, I think you anyone could have seen that coming. I saw that coming. I mean... That land was there and was being accumulated by an investor. You know, it just made more sense to probably have purchased it when the land was less money. But what can you do? So moving on, moving on to other things as we shall say. Hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. It's uh, it's something that I've done so far. It's been over a year and a half, I think now. So it's it's been enjoyable for me. I get to meet lots of people. Talk about lots of things, actually share my opinions for what they're worth. Um, and I think that uh, the Charlie Roberts property, as we shall call it, I believe that rezoning will happen, like I said. Some of those things, uh, some of the conditions, certainly it will be not conditioned to death the same way the forum was. The forum had over 22 pages of conditions, over, I don't know, probably 140, 150. I have a somewhere uh, of it. Uh, way more than the conditions being placed on on uh, this development, and this development actually includes conditions that uh, the Roberts property people in, uh, also included some of their own, and quite frankly, some of these conditions are on there 
or conditions that would be there regardless, like sprinkler systems. Um, that's con- that's conditioned by regulation, not by condition. Um, so there's really less than the 93 or 96 uh, that, that that's being placed on there that are, re- quote, real conditions. So I think, again, it needs to be a benchmark. I think, quite frankly, I think the whole building, along with the um, hotel, should be fiber optic uh, I believe that even though there's three or four charging stations that was agreed to in the conditions for the high-rise, I believe that is wrong. I believe that that should actually be one and go by standards building that other cities are doing. I'm not just pulling this out of my hat. One charging station for every for every eight apartments or every um, set these range, but it's somewhere between one charging station for every eight to 10 apartment units. That's the way other cities are doing it. Now, I'd like to see a zip car service there, but that's a franchise uh, because people are um, less and less uh, buying their, younger people are less and less buying their own vehicles. And, you know, that, that parking deck can be used in other ways for events and people can be using autonomous vehicles. But in any case, I think the charging stations need to be different. I also need, uh, we think the bicycle racks should probably be set on a, um, not just putting a certain amount, but they should be set in a way that um, there is a percentage based on the percentage of units. Because again, these conditions are going to be mirrored and should be mirrored as baseline for other apartment developments. So by setting not a random number, but a ratio number, one for every eight to 10 units for charging stations, one a bicycle rack or two bicycle racks for every eight to 10 units, that's the way conditions should be done. Not not just haphazard, oh, let's just put four charging stations. Well, what does that mean? You use some logic here. I know the planning department, planning department probably thought along those lines, I would hope. Ratio. There has to be a reason why you do certain things, right? All right. So, okay. So, let me get past this. I'm... I'm I'm good on this. I don't know if everyone else is. And we're we're going past the half hour right now. So I'm just going to go into something else. Pedestrian bridge. Trust me, that's coming. I was at the meeting, this last city council meeting, the pedestrian safety task force did their thing. And part of their their report included, uh, not in layman terms, in technical uh, terms, a pedestrian bridge or a tunnel as part of the solution to pedestrian safety. Again, I don't have a problem with that. Let's call it what it is. I'm glad Mike Mayor Mike Mason came out and said, listen, that that technical word you just heard means pedestrian bridge or tunnel. You know, and that they're going to bring it up again in January. Decide it. Up or down, yes or no. That's that's the way government should work, not just keep kicking the thing down the road. So I, I respect Mike for doing that, Mike Mason, the mayor, for choosing to do that. Brian Johnson has been tasked to pull, pull together all the documents and the uh, renderings, not just the old renderings, but renderings that were done afterwards that are downscale of what the original renderings looked like, the double spire, if you remember that. Um which my 13-year-old at the time thought it was way too big in proportion of size to the road that it was going to sit on. Um, smart kid. And uh, so they're going to have that discussion in January. I believe it's the January 16th meeting. 
And um, quite frankly, pedestrian bridge, tunnel. I'm not great about tunnels. I don't, I've, saw, I've seen the Johns Creek Tunnel. Um, tunnels can be made nice. I guess the, uh, the Masters Golf Tournament has a beautiful tunnel. They could look at that. Uh, but I think a bridge would be the right way of going. It doesn't have to be a $10 million bridge. It doesn't have to be a $6 million bridge. Quite frankly, it could be a $3 million bridge. Um, but I think a bridge is probably needed there of some sort. Um, and, 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 you know, do a cost-benefit analysis of it. See what makes sense. Does a $10 million, I mean, does a $3 million bridge make sense as opposed to, let's say, a half a million dollar tunnel? Look at it and analyze it. See if it makes sense, which one makes more sense to do. But if we were going to go the pedestrian bridge route, there are quite a few bridges that we can look at. There's the Encore Park Bridge in Alpharetta, Georgia. That's not a bad looking bridge, although that's more of a um, a vehicle um, pedestrian bridge, if you will, and not just a pedestrian bridge. So I'd like to see a pedestrian bridge there, but not a huge one, but I'd like to see one done well one that can bring people across safely and looks looks nice. doesn't have to be grandeur, doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal, but one that does serve its purpose but looks nice. I'm going to be posting some pictures online at some point of pedestrian bridges in other cities that, that look reasonably nice, and I think one of them was done for $3.1 million. It will cost several million to do a bridge of that sort, uh, regardless of how you look at it, but... We don't have to be talking about a $10 million bridge or an 8 or $6 million bridge, quite frankly, to be going over that, the 141 area. But a bridge will be coming or a tunnel. Some One of those two will be here and most likely will be a bridge. So come to that meeting and look for the, um, look for the uh, planning package. Hopefully there should be some uh, renderings. There will be some renderings probably that day uh, shown as part of the package that Brian Johnson is putting together that he was tasked to do. And uh, hopefully we could get that ahead of the meeting. If not, certainly after the meeting, I'll be posting it online. What else? That's about it. It's a lot. Digest. It's uh, going to be a long... Um, um, going to be a long meeting that night, same way it was uh, this last city council meeting where I left probably halfway through after the uh, Roberts property uh, rezoning was tabled. We, um, we're going to have some more guests in the coming months. Uh, we're going to be doing, as you probably know, the Prime Lunchtime done at Prototype Prime Podcast Studio. Uh, thank you, Prototype Prime, for lending us your podcast studio once a month to be able to do this uh, Prime Lunchtime with uh, City Manager Brian Johnson. We'll be doing that probably the 18th, right after. That's the first Thursday after the meeting on the 16th. And uh, normally it would probably be the second Thursday of the month uh, meeting before the City Council meeting. But I like this. Going after the meeting makes more sense. I'll have a lot more questions to ask at that point, certainly about what uh, would be transpiring on the 16th. So if you have questions you'd like to put to Mr. Johnson, I've already gotten a ton of questions from a lot of people. Um, post them on Facebook for me on my Facebook page. Message them to me. Email them to me, rico at peacerecorneslife.com. Listen to the show. There's a lot more going on. 
I'm actually working with uh, another citizen of Pastry Corners to create a prime lunchtime uh, podcast monthly that would be talking about education, educational achievements of our students in the city of Pastry Corners that live here in Pastry Corners, will that go to Pastry Corner schools, but that also go to other schools in the surrounding areas because. God knows, lots of our kids go to other schools in other areas. Norcross High School, for example, it's not Peachtree Corners. It's Norcross. Some people don't know that, right? Even though it's called Norcross High School, the one block over your Peachtree Corners, you walk to the school, you're Norcross. Um, so there's a lot of achievements our kids are doing. Uh, a lot of things going on uh, with our kids at different schools. Some of them go to Marist, uh, Wesleyan, um, Cornerstone Christian Academy, uh, Mount Pisgah. There's lots of schools that our uh, kids go to from outside to outside the area, and they're accomplishing a lot of good things. So I want to be able to cover that. We're going to be doing that once a month. If you have news that you'd like to share, uh, certainly please uh, email it to Rico, R-I-C-O, at PeaceTrueCornersLife.com, and we'll try to get that on the show as well. Um, we're going to be doing interviews with people, uh, teachers, principals, students, and I hope my first interview, actually, I'm hoping that it will be at the uh, Paul Duke STEM High School, although I don't know if it will be uh, finished uh, by the time we do it, uh, but I'm hoping that our first uh, show will actually uh, air sometime in January. So again, send me your information. Uh, we want to celebrate the achievements of our kids. I have three kids in school. Uh, one of them still locally, and two of them are going are off at college. Uh, so I can appreciate uh, the things that uh, that I see kids doing at science fairs, in sports. It's just a lot of good stuff going on. Send me your stuff, and, and uh, I'd love to uh, do that. We're going to be doing a lot more Facebook Live as well. I like the uh, Facebook Live setup I had at the podcast with uh, Brian Johnson. We had over, I think, over sixteen, seventeen hundred views uh, on that on that video. Um, lots of good stuff. Hope to see you soon. Listen, have a great and happy and safe New Year. Uh, we'll see you in two thousand eighteen. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.